Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. Thank you for the house of God and the place where you pour out blessing and eternal life. Thank you, Lord, where two or more are gathered in your name. You are there with them, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, that you have given us your word, and that your word is a good seed planted in good hearts that will give forth good fruit, Lord. I pray, Father God, as we consider these things, that you would add your blessing to your word. Allow us to hear and to receive and to produce the harvest of the seed that you have sown in our midst, Lord. Father God, that that seed would be watered, that it would be cultivated, and that it would produce much fruit, O God, that we might rejoice, Lord, that you would send workers to the harvest, that many would come to know you because of your faithful servants, Lord. So we pray, Father God, that your word not return void. We thank you for the honor, the privilege, to be spiritually employed and about the business of our Lord so that when you return, we are actually about serving you. We are doing what you have asked us to do during the time that you were gone and that when you return, we would be found faithful, Lord. You said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And I pray, Lord, that in this house, you not only find faith, but you find faithful men and women that love you above all things, Lord. Be glorified, be magnified, and that your word not return void. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The Bible tells us the spiritual climate of the last days will be deception, will be all manner of false expressions of faith. And so here in Matthew 24, verse 10, it says that many shall be offended and the, the, in that manner will betray one another and will hate one another. And in this atmosphere of offense, of betrayal and hatred, what happens is that faith suffers. One of the translations says that many will fall away as a result of those, as a result of those offenses as a result of hypocrisy, betrayal, and hatred. Listen, there's no greater time to forgive than when you're offended. And, and forgiveness is an expression of the faith. I was just telling a brother this week, I said, I love the Our Father that says like this. It says, Father, forgive us as we do not forgive others. Some people are praying like that. They, they receive the forgiveness of the Lord, but when it's their time to forgive, it's not going to happen. You know why? They've lost the faith. They're not walking in this atmosphere of offense. And leave that verse up there for me. In this atmosphere of uh, betrayal where people are not loyal, loyalty is out the door, friendship is out the door, and then the disposition, instead of love one another, these people are hating one another. 
You have heard it says, um, you, you shall, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, love one another. No, the last days will be filled of offenses because people will not forgive, betrayal because friendships will be lost, and hatred because people are selfish and re refuse, refuse to love one another. Uh, I, I saw shortly that, that word, uh, love you, brother. You don't love. Your, your actions are not laying down. There's no greater love than this, than a man laid down his life for the one he loves. And so laying down your life for, and, and, and being able to cause your life to hurt because you love. Now that's love. Love is sacrifice. God so loved the world, he gave his son. So love in this regards, and this particular verse, is that people, say with me, have lost the faith. They're not in the faith. They've, they, 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 they walk in all manner of offense, betrayal, and hatred. And the Bible says it's because they fell away from the faith. So this calling of God for our lives, Hebrew 10.38, this calling of God to come to him is a manner of a faith walk. Those that are righteous shall live by faith. And, and listen, there are people that, that have faith and there are people that do not have faith. There are people that trust God. There are people that they're cynical. They've become totally um, removed from a reliance upon what God says in his word. The just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, because this is the truth, there was a time where you forgave. There was a time where you were a friend and loyal. And there was a time that you loved. But you drew back. And because you drew back and away from a faith walk, God says this, my soul has no pleasure in him. He's not pleasing me no more because a faith walk is finding out what pleases God. This is what Jesus says in John 8, 29. He says, the father sent me. And because the father sent me, he's never left me alone because I always do the things that please him. Pleasing God and not yourselves is faith. When you forgive somebody, you don't do so because it feels good. Because you feel, oh, being a friend is not because it feels good. Many times being a friend is when it hurts the most. Not being able to love somebody is painful. Walking in hatred is better. You don't have to put your sentiments in it. But it hurts to love. It hurts to care. It hurts to concern yourself about others. But listen to me. The only reason we have that is because that's what Jesus taught us. He's always doing what pleases the Father. Now, we go back to Hebrews 10, 38, and he says, the, the just shall live by this substance of faith. The just shall live by faith. This reality of this substance that not everybody has. And it causes you to draw forward, not draw backwards. It causes you to please God and not live indifferent to God's care. Verse 39, he continues on to say, but we are not of those who are drawing back because the ones who draw back end up in perdition. If you lose your faith, my friend, 
It's not like nothing's going to happen. You're going to be eternally lost. You're going to suffer loss forever. We're not those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe. And because we continue to pursue this life, it saves our soul. There's an actual reward that comes because of a life of faith. Not everyone has that. As we go on to Matthew 12, 43, Jesus described it like this. When an unclean spirit goes out of a life of man, he goes through dry spells, talking about an unclean spirit. He starts wandering in deserts, seeking rest, and finds none. So we, a lot of people don't understand this life of faith. We have ceased to be the dwelling place of Satan and all his spirits. When you come to faith, Jesus cleans the house. He, he makes sure that it's emptied out from everything unclean. As I was pondering yesterday, and um, a lot of people are asking the question, um, Nick, was, Nick was preaching last night that a lot of his friends says, you shouldn't marry Melissa, you should go live with her to try it out for first. See, the reason we don't have these things is because we don't have unclean spirits abiding in this body. When God cleans the house, it has a disposition to be able to do what God called it to do. So I don't have to be seeking an adulterous affair. This morning I was listening to Billy Graham and he says 70% of the men confess that they're unfaithful to their wives. That seven out of 10 men have a relationship with another woman and their wife doesn't know it. Maybe she does, but he was questioning whether it's 70% of the women that cheat on their husbands. But the seriousness is if those unclean spirits are no longer dwelling inside of us, there is no desire to be unfaithful. Verse 44, he says, he sends the unclean spirit out of man and then the unclean spirit says, I'm gonna go back to the place I was, which I came. I'm gonna return to the dwelling place, to the home, to the family I had that I was kicked out of. And when he comes back and he finds there's no reality of faith, he finds it empty and swept and everything looks good and in order. Wow. Who cleaned that place? Who put it in order? It was Jesus. It was the faith in God that caused our lives to begin to have a semblance of purpose, but not to be emptied. Verse 45, he says, not only does he return and find everything swept and clean, he goes and takes with him seven other more wicked spirits than himself. And they come back to this home and they enter and the latter state of that man shall be worse than the first time God cleaned the house. Shall, so shall it also be with this wicked generation. How is it that God brings us to faith and then we shell it out? In other words, it's empty. It's an outward appearance of faith, but there's no thriving spirit inside that house. It's all pretty much ready for evil spirits to come in and possess it. And he says the latter state will be worse 
because seven more wicked I don't even understand that, but the word, the, the, the number seven is the number for perfect wickedness. Perfect demon, just totally sinister darkness that comes in to flood that home and that family because faith is no longer present. This faith, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that comes through hearing the word of God. That when you welcome the word of God, that that is what produces a disposition and substance of the atmosphere of heaven. What the people have lost because of offense, because of betrayal, because of hatred, now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I love to hear men of God that are able to open up the word of God and it, it, it fosters in my spirit greater trust in the Lord. And I can't, I can't sit there and be stagnant in my walk with God. The Bible says we move from faith to faith. We're growing all the more in this climate of God. So at the beginning of my Christianity, I was able to forgive a little bit. And I want to suggest that now that I'm more mature in the things of God, it's easier for me to forgive. It's easier for me to forgive greater offenses. I'm, I'm able to be a better friend because of faith. In fact, instead of my disposition being one of hatred, what pours out of my life when controversy starts is more love, is more commitment. It's not less, it's greater measure of maturity expressed because of faith. So faith comes by hearing the word of God and that's what you wanna have when there's controversy. This faith that comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 12, three, he says, for I say that through grace, because of God's goodness that has been given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of yourself highly, but to think soberly because God has given each one a measure of faith. God has distributed. And so you'll see sometimes I'll like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And somebody will stand up and says, you know, I saw God in this. I, I believe that God would have us walk in this. When, when we walked into this building 15 years ago, it was a big step of faith. We had gone from I think it was like $3,000 a month, $4,000 a month in the place we had. This would be $15,000 a month. So a lot of people ran. They had no faith. We came in here with 15 guys and we said, okay, guys, God wants us to tackle this giant. And 10 of the guys ran through. Hey, pastor, I'm not going to church no more. They had no faith. But those who stayed the Lord fought our battles and brought $15,000 down to $8,000 within the first three months. And God gave us a huge place that we thought we were not going to be able to afford. We walked in faith and God was able to give us this for our children in a glorious manner. Now we need men like that to walk into the next season. To believe God and that he will lead us to where we're supposed to be and that that is a step of faith. 
And so in that regards, these measures of faith all put together, we're going to walk in this manner, which says in Hebrews 12, 2, our eyes upon Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that started this faith in us, and he's the one that will finish. He's the author and finisher of our faith. So this is where you need to start also. Allow the word of God to find its way in your heart, in your family, in your ministry, in your purpose to serve the Lord. He says like this, looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he's the central figure and the reason we do everything. Some people say, well, I have faith, pastor. No, if your faith is not directed at the centrality of Christ, you're not going to do anything because it's faith in Jesus that allows you to flourish. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. When you, when you have faith, you're able to endure hardship, offense, betrayal, and hatred when somebody has a disposition of being selfish. He despised the shame and has sat at the right hand of the throne of God. He's already led us into triumph. He's led us into victory. All we have to do is follow his footsteps. I'm, I'm really sad about the fact that we're living in the times where some people do not have faith. They're not able to walk in a manner that pleases God. 2 Peter 1.10 says like this, <clears throat> excuse me, therefore, brethren, be more diligent, not be less. Get, ask God for more fervor. If you don't like the word fervor, then ask God for fire. Say, God, I need to have more fire in my heart. I want my faith to be contagious to my wife, that together we can look at God for big things for our children, that our children would do even mightier works. Because they saw a mom and a dad whose faith was fervent, more diligent to know our calling and our election. Be sure, for if you do this, you will never stumble. You're not going to stumble out of faith. I've talked to some people recently, and in the history of our church, there are some people who says, hey, pastor, the fire went out. That fire that used to burn for the Lord. It just is snuffed out. I, I don't know God like I used to. I don't serve God like I used to. The first love is no longer there. You look, from the time that I got saved, my friends started telling me, don't worry, Joaquin, you're going to lose your first love. Uh-uh. I have not lost my first love. I'm more passionate about Christ. I'm more fervent about the Lord. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You won't catch me talking about anything more important in this life than getting right with God. I was talking to a man this week. I said, you think that you're going to prosper when you're stealing from God? It's not going to happen. So he said to me, why are you bringing that up, man? What do you mean, why am I bringing that up? Because I don't want to see the devil, the devourer, that God promised to rebuke to take what is yours. If you want to let the devil take what is yours, then act like God did not say that. 
Malachi 3.9, he says, will a man rob God? You are cursed with a curse. I don't want to be cursed, Pastor, for you have robbed me. I'm not saying it. God is saying it. An entire nation. He says, well, does that happen to everybody? Yes. Wherever you're not giving what belongs to God, you're cursed with a curse. The entire nation will not prosper. Verse 10, you ask him, what have we robbed God? Bring your tithes to the storehouse so there's substance in my house. Challenge me now in this, says the Lord. If I will not open the windows of the heavens and pour out such blessing, there will be no room, though enough to receive it. God wants you to walk in faith. It's not in the capacity to withhold what belongs to God. Give God what is God's and watch him keep his side of his challenge. Test me, he says. And so I've seen people do this. Some people flourish and some people hold on to what is not theirs to their own ruin. Now, these are all faith issues. To be a godly woman or a wicked witch is a faith issue. Are you going to walk in faith trusting God or are you going to walk in the flesh and miss God? So here we're talking about faith is a gift of God. And we're to be more diligent. 2 Peter 1.10, be diligent to know your calling and election, to practice these qualities so you never fail. Verse 11, for in doing these things, you're going to have a big, I love big driveways, a big entrance supplied to you abundantly towards the kingdom of God. It's not going to be a little door for you. You're not going to squeeze through. You're going you're to be able to come in a wide entrance to the kingdom of God because your faith would have grown. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul is concerned and he says, examine yourselves, test yourselves, put something in your life that will show whether or not you're in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Can you, can you find out whether or not you're in the faith? Are you saving souls? Are you attentive to the word of God? Are you serving God in the house of God? Are you being faithful and loving others, forgiving others, being able to walk as Jesus walked? He says, examine yourselves, test yourselves. Do you not know that Jesus is inside of you unless he is no longer there, unless the house is empty, unless you're not walking anymore in that reality of the Lord in your life in every which way and he says in verse 6 I hope that you will be able to see that we have not lost Christ I trust that you will see that we're not disqualified we're going on strong with the Lord um, one of the things that we're trusting God is we, we just as a church the pastor's came together and we're gonna walk on water in this regards. Um, we've asked Bishop Wellington Boone to come to Miami for an entire year and, and we're, it's a step of faith to see God show up on this side of eternity. And so other people would not do that because we have no time, we have no place. And, and he's prayed about it and he's, he's asked the Lord to confirm it resonates with his spirit 
with his team. He says, Joaquin, I'm coming to Miami for 12 months. I'm coming to Miami for a whole year to fellowship and to be connected to Spring of Life Fellowship. What for? A step of faith to see God bring us to another level of maturity, of responsibility, of knowing God at a deeper level. That's what we want. And, and there's all manner of people that says, well, how come this thing with the Lord, he continues to require more and more of me? Absolutely, he wants you entirely, my friend. He doesn't want you to be an adulterer. I think your wife, you want all of your wife too. You don't want your wife around having other priorities, having other pursuits. So God wants all of his bride, and I believe he's coming back for his bride. I, I never saw Nick linger on without concern for Melissa, his wife. He pursued her all the way until marriage and still to this day bringing pleasure to her desire. They just got back from a honeymoon in regards to, they said, let's, let's go to Georgia. Let's spend some time together. That's what Jesus wants to do with his bride, with his church. He doesn't want you to make your relationship be distant and drawn apart. Faith draws you closer and closer to God. And some people do not have a heart for Christ. And so Paul is saying, test yourself, examine yourself. Is your faith getting greater measure of devotion or are you having a falling out and so in this regard second corinthians 5 7 says we walk by faith not by sight this is this is the substance of faith it's not based on the things we see if you're pursuing the things you see it stops being faith we know that god is a rewarder of those who are diligently seeking him and there's no greater thing than to say, Lord, if I do my part, a reward is the consequence of being faithful to God. And so he says it like that. It's not a thing of sight. It's not a thing of sight. It's a thing of faith. It's being able to, to hear the Lord, to feel the Lord, and, and to walk in the direction that the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart. It's not a matter of, of the natural, it's the supernatural. It's the blessing, it's the gift of God that, that a lot of people have decided that they would not cultivate that in their lives. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. This, this, this particular verse in the Bible causes everybody to be blown away faith the reality of what you are expecting from god that you would inherit these things because it's your faith walk it's not based on the natural uh, listen to me those of you that love money and feel secure around money god might have to put you in a position where money means nothing where money has no strength and power to deliver, to save, and to heal. You're going to need something more than money to be able to champion life. This is what overcomes the world, even so our faith. So I've seen men, they tried, the Bible says they tried to build up high walls of protection 
and they think their money is their refuge. Well, then God has to bring somebody to stomp out your confidence so that you walk in a realm of faith. Things that you hope God will do, things which are not seen with the natural eye. Verse 6 says that without this life, this is super important, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So as I'm a pastor of this church, and we, we have, thank God, since day one, pursued the heart of God in the word of God, um, we, we're cleaning out the back part of the storage of our church. We have, we're rich in the word of God. God has made us wealthy. I told this guys, put all our teachings in a place called Fort Knox. Everything that God has told us for 23 years is, is in a storage facility, attentive to the direction. There have been seasons where people have walked into this church, they didn't even know what to do, and God came and was faithful to give them his word. And his word healed, and his word delivered, and his word saved. It wasn't going to the bank and getting a loan. It wasn't talking with a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor. When they came with cancer, the Lord was waiting and healed them by his word. And so this faith walk to us has been precious, more precious than gold and silver. As we talk about these things, I want to revert back to a season upon the earth in 1920. There was a gathering of mess, uh, of men. Uh, big mess men, men, men that were messy. Listen, 1923, the wealthiest men upon the earth gathered together in Chicago. In 1920s, you, you saw these men that were hoarding wealth and you said, who are these guys? They had more money than all the money in the treasury of the United States. These men that were moguls, they were powerhouse, huge in their fortune gathering. The most successful financiers gathered in a hotel in Chicago at Edgewater Beach. In these fabulous 20s, it was an impressive array of wealth and power that sat at a table. They were the presidents of the world's largest independent steel company. Imagine the, being the, the owner of a steel company was gathered there sitting together with the president of the largest utility company. All the electricity, the largest electrical company in the United States, the president of the New York Stock Exchange. He was also a member of the president's cabinet. The president of the international bank. Known as the biggest trader on Wall Street. Biggest steel, biggest electrical, biggest bank in Wall Street. They headed the world's most powerful monopoly in all these areas. These men controlled more wealth than the entire United States treasury. They had pursued wealth considered to be financial and industrial giants. 
and everybody watched them come together in this hotel and to, to flaunt their wealth. And as these eight men sat down together in this hotel in Chicago, they, none of them knew the last days and how they would finish life upon the earth. Charles Schwab, president of the steel company, lived his last years borrowing money and died without a penny. Arthur Cutton, greatest of the wheat speculators, died abroad totally poor. Richard Whitney, president of the New York Stock Exchange, ended up in Sing Sing prison, the penitentiary. Albert Fall, cabinet member, was prisoned from pardoned from prison so he could die at home. He was called Jesse Livermore, the bear of Wall Street. Leon Fraser, president of the Bank of International Settlements. Ivan Kruger, head of the world's largest monopoly. All of them committed suicide. Men whose faith did not carry them into their last days. And so it's super important for me today to say as a pastor that there's a lot of, there's a lot of teaching in many directions on the landscape of the last days. And I pray my responsibility is that you cultivate your faith. You cultivate your walk with God that you see there in Hebrews chapter 11, as the Bible is telling us what faith is, you begin to contemplate. Hebrews 11.2 says that through this faith, God was able to transmit to ancient men that they lived in the right perspective. If, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, if you're able to garner great wealth and prosperity and profit and your children do not champion faith, they're not going to get a good report. We talked about that on Wednesday, no, on, on Sunday, last Sunday, that, that, that Abel brought an offering, that Cain brought an offering, and God told Cain, what you're doing, the things that you brought to me to worship, he didn't respect. He did not welcome Cain's offering, so it caused anger and depression to come in his heart. When you're not worshiping God with excellence, with priority, you, you might be missing out. But by faith, the men of old obtained a good testimony. I want to walk in the footprints of men who walk well. Who are these men? I want to I walk at their side. I, I want to learn greater measures of faith. Yeah, I've walked for a long time but I'm not there yet. I want more. I'm saying, Lord, by the time I'm 60, I want to grow more in my faith walk with the Lord. I don't want to settle. There's been great things done in my life through faith. Through faith, I, I got my uh, scholastic and academics back. I had lost it. Through faith, I married a wonderful woman. It was awesome. A, a marriage covenant I would have not been able to enjoy. Through faith, I've had a family to my children. I've been a father. Through faith, I've been a friend. Uh, I've been a worker. I've worked in the community. Through faith, I, I founded a church. 
Through faith, I have walked in the supernatural, participating in the promises of God. Not, we, we don't say we're perfect, we're genuine in faith. It's a reality. I have a testimony that my faith has walked in the realm of the impossible, that God has made possible. So as we see these things, we want to, through faith, make sure that we obtain a good testimony for the Lord. We don't want faith for things, I know some people says, come to faith, you could have a house. Come to faith, you have a car. Come to faith, you get a good job. Come to faith, and you'll become good looking. No. No, I want to come to faith because it's what pleases God. Verse 3, through faith, we make time for more important things. And there it is again. By faith, we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God. Everything that is this life is held together by the word of God so that the things which are seen, the things we get to see were made of the things which, uh, the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. To be able to see God fulfill his purpose in life, you have to walk in faith in a direction that you, you don't see, but you trust the hand of God. You kiss the hand of God as he continues to add more blessing. Verse 4, we see God put things together through things we don't see. By faith, we offer to God like Abel more excellent sacrifice. There has to be something in your hand that you're offering God because you want to see greater things of God upon your life. We've counted all things dung. They're like, hey, why don't you go do this? Because compared to walking with God, that is trash. You get excited about your increase that's taking you away from God? Are you crazy? You boast in being able to accomplish things that allow your relationship with God to go stale? You're a fool. Tonight, your soul is required of you. And you're not ready to face God. You haven't given them your best. These excellent sacrifices through which Abel obtained a witness that he was righteous. How he lived showed who he was. God testifying of his gift. And through it, he being dead still speaks. The Bible says that, that still God holds true to Abel. And his blood speaks on his behalf. We go to the next verse, verse 5. By faith, we're giving God our best. Enoch was caught up to heaven, taken away. So he would not see death and was not found because he was no longer upon the earth. Because God had taken him before he was taken. He had his testimony. What was his testimony? That he pleased God. You see something consistent here with the fact that we're not to live unto ourselves. We're to live unto what pleases God. And you can't say you don't have time for God. Nowadays, you ask somebody to go do yoga with you. They say, let's go. You ask somebody to go to the gym. They say, five times a week, three times a week, we'll be there. You ask them, let's go worship God and give him our best and please him. I don't have time. You don't have time for your creator. You don't have time for the one who prospers you. You've lost the faith. Because faith is all about pleasing God and not yourselves. Verse 6, it's believing God sees what we do and rewards us. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe, be convinced that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is watching. God knows. God has a measure of whether you are passive and sitting back or you're diligent, you're fervent. I I was saying, I don't get rest, I don't get rest. I preach even in my sleep. In In my sleep, I'm testifying, I'm baptizing people, calling people to get right with God in my sleep. So the daytime, whatever it is, 24 hours a day, while I'm awake, I'm going really good with the Lord. I'm testifying. Um, there was a car going down the street. It had a couple of Arabs. I thought I would shower them with what is a man. So I grabbed four books and I threw it in their convertible car. Down the middle of the street. Season, in season, and out of season. Why? So somebody might find Christ. Somebody might know the Lord. God, rewarder of those who are passionate about him. I don't know what it is to be burned at the stake or by a lion, but I know that some people's faith took them there and delivered them out of these things. I, Lord, I want to give you my best. I want to see the rewards that you grant me as a result of giving you my best. I know you exist. I know that you reward those who diligently seek you. Verse 7, in obeying God's command, even when they don't make sense, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. When you move in a direction that there is no assurance, but you're you're at, you're. You're trying to confide upon God is going to meet you on the other side of you moving in godly fear. You get to see what you would not otherwise see. And I thank God for men of faith. Because we begin to see the reality of what God said before it comes to pass. And so there's a confidence of men and women who walk in faith and trust God. It's believing in the future promises of God. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went even though he did not know where he was going. Faith will lead you in a direction that you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this or where it's going, but I, I know God's in it. And you'll be headed in a direction that is not the natural. We have always said it, this world calls us. If I were to give you $10,000 to be in Orlando tomorrow, all of you would drive there. No questions asked. But if I tell you to come to Monday night church to get prepared to be a champion man, then you leave it for another day. You're not preparing yourself for the supernatural. Abraham moved in faith, and the Bible says in verse 9, he lived as a foreigner in the promised land, as in a strange land, living out of tents. Isaac and Jacob, who were the fellow heirs, his son and his grandson came after him. 
and inherited that impartation of faith that was in Abraham. That in itself is worth following God because of the blessings that come upon your children and grandchildren that this world cannot bring to you. Verse 10, for he was expecting a city whose foundation and maker was God, whose builder and maker. When you're talking about faith, you're talking about God is putting together. I love what Nick did last night. He got some origami little things and, and they folded paper and, and, and there it became a glorious butterfly or whatever it was. Listen, you can try a thousand times to manipulate your life in a direction, but if it doesn't have faith, you missed it. If it doesn't include God call, you missed it. If you gave more adherence to some other direction in your life, you missed the glory of God. You fell short. But if you seek that which God makes, get ready to be blown away. Why? Because God is faithful. He's seeking those who move according to his heart. I, I never want to move in the natural. I know that in the natural, the things I could do, the things I have the strength for, I want to see God show up with the impossible. That's the atmosphere of faith. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I'm able to, to leap and, and attain to great inheritance of his promises over my life. It says that in this manner, he was able to leave an inheritance to his children. Verse 10, for he was waiting for that city whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself received the ability to conceive, the strength to conceive seed. And she bore a son. And she was past the age because she was judging him who is faithful was the one who promised. That when we walk in faith, we're going to see something that is huge, something supernatural on behalf of God, something that will come to light. Verse 12, so from one man, though he was good as dead, unresponsive, were born as many descendants as the stars of heaven, an innumerable multitude as the sands which are by the seashore. You know, the calculations of what faith brings are innumerable, far surpass anything that you can tribe with the intellect. And because we want to walk in the natural and we're pursuing the physical, we miss God. I don't want to miss God as a church. I, I know that God has plans that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, has not come into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 13, all these died without receiving the promise of God, only having seen them from afar. And they welcomed them at a distance and acknowledged that they were just pilgrims and strangers on this earth. The, the, the purpose of faith is the purpose to accomplish the call of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, that you say, God, I'm on this earth to fulfill your desire. Make it clear to me that I'm in this world not for myself. Verse 14, now those who say such things make it clear they are looking for a country and a homeland. They're looking for what God says is our inheritance. Lord, what in faith is our promise? What is the abundance of the stock that you have for us? Verse 15, in declaring these things, truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out of, they would have had opportunity to return. You could always go back to bum living. 
to the things that don't have the hand of God on them. You could always go back to unbelief. I was doing a funeral once, and every time I declared something about the kingdom of God, an old lady in the back would say, mentira. That's a lie. That's not true. That's not totally right. Listen, I cast that spirit of unbelief out of your life, that you might see the things of God, that you might hear the word of God, that the Holy Spirit might drive your steps greater than the spirit and the lust of this world, so that you might have an opportunity to see God. Verse 16, but the truth is that they desire a better heavenly existence. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. There's a place for people of faith, and it's precious in the heart of God. And it's not without testing. Verse 17, it's not without trials. For Abraham, by faith, was tested, and he, was, he passed with flying colors. He offered God his best. God is going to call you on your best. He offered up Isaac, who he had received from the promise, to offer up his only begotten son. Verse 18, to whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Verse 19. God's purpose is concluding that God was able to raise him up from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense, like if it already happened. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac was able to bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. To be able to be a man of faith allows you to speak faith into your descendants of the things to come, of the blessings to come. Verse 21, it says that by faith, Jacob... As he was dying, blessed each one of his sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. We have a glimpse of the men of faith passing down faith to their children and grandchildren to take the promises of God. Verse 23, it was Moses that was born there in Egypt. And by faith, after his birth, he was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, when he was mature, he didn't want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. A lot of times this world wants to give you a name of prominence and of success, and you'll be the president of this and the owner of that, and that you not take that as something to grab onto because you want your inheritance in God. The verse 25 says, because he preferred to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Faith allows you to say no to what this world's calling on your life is. People think I'm insane. People think I've gone crazy. The only thing that has happened is God has given me a measure of faith that has been matured, and now I'm birthing things in the realm of faith that I would never able to walk in had faith not been cultivated, had the seed not been sown and watered, had I not spent time in the house of God, surrounded by the people of God in prayer, in seeking the face of God. And in that regards, the Bible says, verse 26, him considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to God's reward. Whatever this world wants to give me doesn't come close to what God has promised 
over our lives. And to be able to center myself in obedience towards that end, I want to receive greater wealth than what this world has to offer. Verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, being afraid of the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. Verse 28, by faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborns would not touch his own. Verse 29, by faith the people crossed the Red Sea as they were passing through dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to pass, they drowned. Verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho came crashing down when they had been encircled for seven days by Joshua and the sons of Israel. Faith allows you to believe that God could give us a future in spite of our past. Verse 31, by faith Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed along with those who were disobedient, but she had welcomed the spies and she welcomed them by giving them peace in their home. Faith allows you to walk not as your past, but what God has promised in your future. Verse 32, it gives you victories, healings, and rewards. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me. We don't have enough time to speak about Gideon and Barak and Samson and David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith, verse 33, were able to endure trusting in God, were able to subdue kingdoms and administer justice and obtain promised blessings, closing the mouth of lions. Verse 34, extinguish the power of raging fire, escape the edge of a sword, out of weakness were made strong, became mighty and unbeatable in battle, putting the enemy forces to flight. Verse 35, by faith women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured to death, refusing to accept release so that they would be resurrected to a better life. It's this faith that allows hardship and suffering to pass to another realm. Verse 36, others experience trial of mocking, scourgings, whippings, pains, and imprisonment. I just pray this morning that God would give us a measure of faith that would be evident in our lives, in our children, that we would not be playing religion, that we're moving with God towards the promises of God with a greater measure to please God. And that our, our children that are here would see faith as the foremost of our pursuit in this world. To fall short of that is to see shame, ruin, and destruction come in our family line. And now that God has given us faith that's the foremost precious gift of God that brings salvation and brings the glory of God upon our life, it's our pursuit. And we do so in a ma manner which is healthy, a manner which is deliberate and intentional, tangible, that it not be something fleeting and passing. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you would bless your word. That this word, Father God, that faith be at the forefront and foremost expression of our life. That people would see that we are a people of faith. That we have our faith in Christ Jesus. That we have received faith through listening and obeying the word of God. Put not only hearing the word of God, but putting into practice in our daily lives. That it would be our pursuit and our reality. We pray your blessing upon your people. 
and in the coming days establish more and more that they would come to faith through Jesus Christ our Lord and that they might benefit those who have gone ahead of us laying all the groundwork for an inheritance and a legacy of that which you build here upon the earth Lord that we might seek you with diligence that we know that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you here tomorrow night with the men. The men's meeting Monday at 8 o'clock, and Wednesday night we'll be here at 7 for midweek Bible study. God bless you. I love you. May 9th, we're coming back to the house of the Lord, and get ready for revival in the goodness of God. God bless you.